Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, what a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. You know, it's interesting how you stop and you think about the fact that this is the first game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders, even though the history between Dallas and Washington football-wise goes back a very, very long time. At this point, shall we say nearly over 65 years? But then again, Washington had a different name for so long. In the last two years, they were simply known as the Washington football team. Now they are the Commanders. So overall, the history is still there. But the fact that the, for the first time ever, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Commanders, well, quite honestly, the game, the way the game went, I kind of expected it to go this way because I said, look, Washington, when it comes to playing the Cowboys, in most cases, there's never a reason, uh, there's never truly a reason to fully count out the Washington Commanders, Okay. The Washington Commanders can come into Arlington, Texas as, an, as a major underdog and pull off the upset. We have seen that before. And of course, the Cowboys can go into FedEx Field as a major underdog, and they can pull off the upset. We have seen that before. The bottom line is, a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders, anything could happen. And the way this, way this game went is a perfect example because... Carson Wentz, let me remind you, in the previous week against the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz was sacked nine times, okay? And in this game, the Cowboys were only able to sack Carson Wentz twice. They were, they were able to put up pressure, which is great, but they were only able to sack Carson Wentz twice, and the Washington run defense absolutely, and I do mean absolutely stuffed and I do mean stuffed the Dallas running game. 19 carries for Ezekiel Elliott, 49 yards. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an average of 2.6 yards per carry. Tony Pollard, 8 carries for 6 yards. That, ladies and gentlemen, an average of 0.8 yards per carry. Surprisingly, Kellamore did not abandon the game even though it was not working. So then again, I cannot get on Kellamore for abandoning the running game. But unfortunately, there was at times where the play calling again became controversial because the offense sputtered. Now at some point I'm telling you, I don't know if it's on Kellamore or if it's on the players not running the play correctly. But the bottom line is, the offense sputtered and that, ladies and gentlemen, made Things very, very complicated from the Cowboys. Not to mention at one point when the offense sputtered in a bad time. The punt had to be so bad that the Washington Commanders had tremendous, and I do mean absolutely tremendous, field position. Fortunately, the Cowboys defense was able to deny the Washington Commanders the opportunity to take advantage so flat out, the Dallas Cowboys defense are a major reason why the Cowboys won the game. But the offense deserves credit as well for two amazing touchdown passes from Cooper Rush. One of which was to Michael Gallup. A tremendous welcome back to Michael Gallup. And one to C.D. freaking Lamb. Well, oh well, oh well. 
I don't even know if I said well, oh well, but I said well, 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 well. That's what I meant to say, but I'm a little bit uh, overwhelmed with adrenaline right now. Oh, boy. Anyway, so a few times when the offense sputtered, I mean, there was one time where they were on three plays, negative, you know, negative one yards of offense, and then one time, four plays, negative four yards, so you guys know I'm not. <laughs> one point, three plays, only got one yard, so it's pretty obvious. I'm not exaggerating, okay? I'm not. But right now, whether you play, whether it's on the play calling of Kellen Moore, the offense just not executing properly. I mean, the bottom line is, like I said, the offense sputtered for whatever reason. The offense sputtered. Oh man! And the fact that, like that one time when, <laughs> when Dallas, you know, had you no know, giving Washington tremendous field position, man. I, I, I didn't even know, you know, what I could have said about it. I mean, it, it was actually on, on a fourth and eleven. Anger punted for twenty-two yards, I mean, to the Dallas thirty. You know, out of bounds, and and it turned down in that play. You know, Washington on their very next offensive drive. <laughs> uh, you know, forcing an incompletion on fourth down. I mean, I'm telling you. Trayvon Diggs, this, the dude, man, is has just been so tremendous. Well, that particular play after the Cowboys gave Washington tremendous field position. Hmm. You know, the fact that Dallas committed a, a holding penalty on defense, which really gave Washington a, a fresh set of downs, you know, on third and nine when Carson Wentz was sacked. And then on fourth and 15, they decided to go for it on the Dallas 16. Ooh-wee. Man. It was an incomplete deep deep left. I mean, I'm just like, wow. I mean, that that's got to be huge right there. But you know, the the problem. I think one of the biggest issues was when Dallas forced Washington to punt. Washington would punt the ball so well that they would pin Dallas back too deep into their territory that it was hard for the offense to get out of it. I mean, Washington's special teams, especially with punting, they told the Cowboys, "Here's the deal. You want the ball back? Here it is. But we're gonna push you deep. We're we're gonna push you deep in your territory." We're going to make you get that win. And that's basically what Washington did. Like, they made Dallas fight for that win. But then again, that's what Washington does usually when they play the Cowboys. Whether it's in FedEx, whether it's at FedEx Field up up in, up in near D.C. Or if it's, um, or whether it's down at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. You know, it's truly a shame that uh, I was unable to, um, well, I, I didn't get a chance to contact uh, my uh, buddy, Mr. Josh Kirby, of the Kirby on Sports Network, uh, Kirby on Sports podcast, excuse me. Uh, I, I I I was just like, you know, I, I think it's in a schedules conflict. I mean, I didn't I didn't want I didn't know if he was working or whatever whatever he was up to, but um, uh, but hope but hopefully uh, for the next game I'll be able to get him on the show. So we'll see. But anyway, I didn't actually see him post anything about this game. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he was you know extremely frustrated. And I'll be honest, even though he's a Washington fan, seeing him frustrated, I'll be honest, it's really. I don't. I don't like seeing it because jo- Josh is a great guy. You know, hard worker like me, motivated. You know, works so hard to have a show to be successful. So at the end of the day, you know that with that kind of respect, you you don't like seeing a person you respect that much. You know, you know, being in, in a in a frustrating mood. But anyway, I, I got to be honest. When Trayvon Diggs made that interception, you know, to close out the, the first half. I mean, that, now that was that. I mean, the fact that it was so deep. The pass was so deep. <laughs> oh boy, 
You know, like before that game, that's where the game finally came to life because, you know, when Dallas, you know, scored two straight field goals and, you know, Washington, you know, responds, you know, make, taking the only lead they had of the game, making it a 7-6 to six lead, and then Dallas immediately responds, you know. But, you know, I got to mention, like, when the Cowboys scored their first touchdown of the game, I mean, at one point it looked as though Cooper Rush had thrown an interception but the Washington player who supposedly intercepted the pass unfortunately had committed a penalty, and that would have been the dude's very first career interception. Unfortunately, it was taken away because of a penalty that he that he committed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't intend to bury the guy. You know, unfortunately, these things happen, but, you know. So Dallas caught a lucky break, and I was actually watching at a sports bar, and I had several Cowboy fans with me, and I said, all right, so the Cowboys caught a lucky break, but they got to do something about it. And what I mean by do something about it, do not kick th- for three points. No. Find the end zone. Get six points. Okay? Th- score a touchdown because you are trailing by one point. Okay? You need, to be up by, you need to be up two moves ahead, like in a game of chess. Be ahead of your opponent. Okay? So immediately after that... You know, they try, you know, running the ball, and then, you know, in a completion, it was third and eight, and then Michael Gallup was able to uh, catch the ball for a 15-yard gain, so that kept things alive. But Dallas was just kind of driving the field, you know, not getting the best plays, but but slowly but surely, I mean, they were driving down the field, and I'm just sitting there like, come on, guys. And then... And the fact is, on, on a, eventually we get to a third and six of the Washington nine... Cooper Rush is like scrambling and scrambling and scrambling. It looked as though he, he was going to try to get the first down or at least get to the end zone, but then he just makes the last second throw. <laughs> the last second throw, and then who is it but Michael Gallup? <laughs> I mean, a, a tremendous pass right there. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Cooper Rush was running but had his eyes forward. It, it kind of tells me that. It's almost as if Michael Gallup and Cooper Rush had secretly planned this. It's like Michael Gallup would tell Rush, I'm going to penetrate through the Washington secondary. I'm going to run through that back of the end zone. Be sure to run towards that one, and I'll be open at the very last second. Just keep an eye out on me. I swear to God, it's almost as if that that particular play was an inside job. But then again, when it comes to inside jobs between two players on offense, between a quarterback, whether it's the quarterback or a tight end, quarterback and a running back, a quarterback or a receiver, or hell, imagine if the offensive line, imagine if the right guard or left guard got open in the end zone and that happened, but I don't know if that's even possible or if that's even legal for God's sake. But the bottom line is, that play caught me so off guard because I thought that I thought that Cooper Rush was going to run and then he pushed out of bounds. He made the pass. I was like, oh, shit. It was caught. Like, holy crap. That play caught me so off guard. I mean, I'm just like, man, unbelievable. Like, sometimes these plays, you just expect... The expectation level of that is so low, like, you never would have anticipated. You really get the feeling like this must have been planned out secretly by the two players themselves or maybe by the entire offense. And the co-conspirators would be the quarterback and the wide receiver. Quite frankly, I love it. You never know what an offense has in mind. Of course, you're not going to get the results that you personally intended to see. But the bottom line is, expect the unexpected. Especially, once again, when it comes to a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. 
So it's 12 to 7 Cowboys. I actually mentioned that the extra point was blocked, and uh, apparently there was a little bit of a problem. Well, I just remember, like, it was blocked, and then I, I think the Washington player could have at least, you know, if he had immediately got the ball and started sprinting, maybe if he had gotten to the end zone, that would have given Washington two points, but I think he just kind of stood there and watched the ball kind of roll, and then I think he went for it, and then he got tackled, and... In these particular plays, if the player is tackled, then that means that the uh, the team who scored the touchdown, even though they had the point extra, the, the extra point blocked, I mean that means that the Cow the Cowboys get to kick off. So that means that Washington does not get you know good field position. So I mean I, I really don't know what happens. I mean the bottom line is the, it, it 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 really the blocked extra point it really did not do the Washington Commanders any favors. Now did it so. It's 12, 12 to 7 and going into halftime. Well, for the first couple of uh, draw, the first couple of plays of the second half were kind of dull. I mean, Washington got the opening uh, since Washington uh, got got the ball to start the second half. You know, in sixth place they got thirteen yards, but they they took nearly three minutes and forty seconds off the clock. And then Dallas goes four plays and negative four yards, which really uh, super frustrating. <laughs> You know, I, I think that the Dallas Cowboys actually got another lucky break because cars because excuse me because Cooper Rush had a deep uh, threw a deep right pass that was supposedly intended for Mr. Tony Pollard, but it was intercepted. But it turned out that it was uh, well. I think the interception would have been ruled legit. It it it, it did look uh, it was tough. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they replayed it enough, or they didn't replay it from the certain angles. I mean, I need to, I need to see the whole thing. I need to, I probably need to see it from every angle. You know, whatever, but I think the bottom line is, I, I guess they, um, um, I guess the reason why they didn't was because there was actually a defensive holding penalty in Washington, so even if the, even if the interception had been legitimate, if, even if the player had caught it and it was an interception, he would have been in bounds, because there was defensive holding, that would have been, that would have been erased, so... So I guess the ball mine is in this particular case is that, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered. So again, Dallas gets a lucky break. But but Dallas didn't take advantage of it. So So that was it. <laughs> so Dallas g g gives the Washington the, the ball back only for um excuse me. Only for like Washington, you know, to have three plays and you know negative seventeen yards. So Dallas's defense stepped up big time, or so we think. But then again, on the second play of that one, on a second eleven, after Carson Wentz had a short pass that was resulted in negative uh, yardage, Washington, uh, a Washington uh, player was uh, called for offensive holding. So we go from second eleven to second and twenty one. Then Carson, and then Carson Wentz. Well. It was second. Well, it was second and twenty-one. But then, uh, then after that, there was a, another false start by Washington. So now, now we're down to second and twenty-six. But and then on second and twenty-six, uh, JD McKissick uh, tries to uh, you know like that up to the middle, but you know gets gets a for a tackle for a loss, negative one yards. Now we're at third and twenty-seven, and oh boy. So I mean, so Washington, you know. These penalties like that really, like, penalties were a huge problem for Washington because, you know, how, how, how amazing is it? And I do ask you guys, how amazing is it the fact that the, that the Cowboys were not the more penalized team in this game? I mean, check this out. 
I'm looking at the penalties right now, folks. The Cowboys only had four penalties. Four. And quite frankly, I don't even rem- I don't even remember seeing an offensive holding penalty on the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe there have been, but I don't remember seeing one. I do not remember seeing one, but I don't know if that's even more amazing than the fact that the Cowboys had four penalties for only 20 yards. Washington had a total of 11 penalties for nearly 140 yards. So penalties really shot Washington right in the foot. So the two the two biggest problems for Washington was that the Cowboys' defense was too much for them, and the penalties were literally biting them right in the ass. Of course, not to mention that Carson Wentz threw two interceptions, one of which was late in the game. I mean, check this out. The fact that the Cowboys have less penalties, I mean, check this out. The Cowboys had less time of ball possession. The Washington Commanders had 33 minutes of of time of possession, while the Dallas Cowboys were at 26 minutes and 54 seconds, and if you round that, that makes it 27 minutes. So 27 minutes for the Cowboys and 33 minutes for Washington, I mean, I'm telling you, this game was unpredictable, but how many times do I got to say it? I mean, even Josh Kirby agrees when it comes to the Cowboys and the Washington Commanders playing, the game is unpredictable because, again, anything can happen. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if, if, if it was Josh uh, Kirby who told me this, but he told me that whenever they give these previews, whether it's on ESPN, Fox Sports, you know, whatever, the show's on YouTube, whatever. I mean, he never, he takes it with a grain of salt, but he says that these theories, whether they're correct or not, he says uh, anybody can have, can have a theory that could be really realistic, but the bottom line is the game could go anyway. I mean, here's another crazy fact. The fact that Dallas had 279 yards of total offense, while Washington had 297. <laughs> Again, I mean, there's all these things to go on just just to show how crazy this game truly was. So Dallas, like that, and then Dallas, you know, again has to drive down the field, but settle for a field goal. You know, like a false start by Dalton Schultz. You know, that made it first and fifteen at the Washington Washington twenty two. You know, and the fact that the first play of, the, of that drive, it was first and 10 at the Dallas 38, Cooper Rush comp- throws a, d- a deep pass to Noah Brown, which was good for a 45-yard gain. And I'm like, they got now we really got to score, because when you have these huge plays, you got to find the end zone. But then there's a false start. Ezekiel Elliott was tackled for a loss of one. And then, you, then now you're dropped, you know, to a second, second and 16. You know, you were at the Washington 17, now down at the Washington 23. Now, there was actually a gain for eight yards, but that makes it third and eight. And then, you know, Noah Brown get, got a pass for five yards, but it was short. So, I mean, so then we had Brett Maher has to come back out and kick a 20 yard, 28-yard field goal to make it 15-7 to for the Cowboys. And I'm like, you see, that's the problem right there. Like, the offense sputtered. I mean, you have that 45-yard gain, and then there's the false start, the loss of, you know, the loss of one. That, that's the sputtering right there. So, we, it should, we, we should have scored a touchdown right there, but instead we had to settle for a field goal. And Washington is still down by only one possession. Okay, so I mean, see, so so basically, we we were our offense sputtering was still allowing Washington to stay in the game, and that was creating a tremendous amount of pressure for our defense. I mean, so I mean, just luckily the defense just somehow just kept it alive. But Washington immediately did respond, although although with a field goal, you know, um, you know, when Carson Wentz, you know, completed a thirty-one yard pass. You know, a 31-yard pass to uh, Dotson, who scored that touchdown for Washington when Washington took the, took that one-point lead, and then and then uh, Williams, the running back, you know, gets a 23-yard gain, and then I'm like thinking, oh boy, here we go. 
Washington might Washington's like probably at this point but now they're they're gonna score again and you know we're probably gonna have a now we're we're gonna have a, a struggle on our hands right now. So Washington has like that and then so like uh, then after a first after a first and ten on the Dallas nineteen, you know that same running back with a twenty three yard gain only got two yards and then on a second and eight. There was a penalty on Carson Wentz for intentional grounding, and that basically made it a third and 22. And then another false start by Washington, and then, and then boom. So you know, so Washington's Washington's offense sputtered as well. So if I'm if I'm gonna get on the Cowboys' offense for sputtering, I might as well get on Washington. But but still, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, yeah, yeah. So basically, that both teams were kind of like. Almost as if they were granting each other favors, like, you know, giving themselves opportunities. And when it comes to the Cowboys and the, the Commanders, you know, one of the keys to victories for both teams is to never, and I do mean never, afford any opportunities to your adversary. I mean, especially if it's Dallas versus Washington, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, imagine the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, playing a game where they're granting opportunities to each other. Or the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics, for, for crying out loud. Or the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners, for goodness sake. The bottom line is, never hand an opportunity to your opponent. Never. <laughs> so it's 15 to 10. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, the beautiful woman, the Cowboys fan that was, you know, watching the game with me, and, you, know, uh, you know, like like that, you know, uh, like that, you know, got her, you know, told her about this show, and God willing, she subscribed, same thing with her husband. You know, I told them the, uh, about, like, you know, I'm going to be on my show. I'm really going to bring up these talking points. And they were impressed. I'm like, well, because they were impressed. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, it is. I'm like, I just, I'm just doing my job. So, so it's 15 to 10. And, you know, a touchback. So, the Cowboys uh, start at the Washington 35. <clears throat> excuse me, at the Dallas 25. Excuse me. And then, again, Elliott, they try to run the ball. But, you know, Elliott's two yards. Then, you know, Michael Gallup goes deep on the second and eight, and then Cooper Rush throws the ball deep, but it's incomplete, but there is a penalty, so it's enforced. That's a 38-yard gain for the Cowboys. But, like that, so now they're driving down the field, and I'm like, like, with that interference, I'm like, like this time, like, for real, like, they got to do something about it, and if they're going to do something about it, they got to score a touchdown. I mean, now we're off of 15 to 10. If, we're, if we go up 18 to 10... You know, really, we're not anywhere. We're just the exact same place because, again, we're only up by one possession. 18 to 10, that's really nothing for Washington. Washington could score and, and make a two-point conversion and tie the game. And then the momentum is on their side. Okay? The momentum is on their side. Okay? That's the last thing the Cowboys need. Believe me. So after that... Pass interference, it's at the Washington 35, and then Zeke Elliott actually has a five-yard gain, which is something we hadn't been, probably I hadn't seen almost all game. Second and five for the 30, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, they're probably going to try to run the ball again. It's probably going to be a third and four or third and two at the most, but instead, CeeDee Lamb, a tremendous pass for Cooper Rush, a 30-yard touchdown, an absolute thing of beauty. And I'm like, it's 22 to 10. And I, I, I turned around to, to that couple that was watching the game with me, and I said, it's 22 to 10, but we need one more to put the game away for good. Because it's like I explained to them, the, the philosophy of winning is, remember, if you're already two moves ahead and you've got a major advantage, you might as well double it to being at least three to four moves ahead. 
It's like playing a game of chess in a brilliant way. Always be more than once, the more than two steps ahead of your adversary. Always keep, remind your adversary that they got no chance in hell to come after you. They can try all they want. All their efforts will be ultimately useless. Okay, it's gonna be futile. Especially in football, you want to be as far ahead as your opponent as can be. In other words, there's not a reason to take your foot off the gas pedal. I mean, we saw what happened with, I mean, the Ravens and the Bills. I mean, that's an example right there. <laughs> I mean, isn't that an example right there? Or, you know, of course, when the Miami Dolphins beating the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, the Bills beating the Ravens 23-20, to I mean, at one point, I mean, I, I think at one point, the Ravens had a 20-3 to lead. Or so I believe. I mean, I, I, I was. They, not, they did show the game, but I didn't pay attention to it. But the bottom line is, you do not take your foot off the gas pedal. So it's twenty after that touchdown. Washington again punts the punts the ball to the Dallas nine again. You know, once again, probably by that by that time, the fourth time the Washington football. Excuse me, the Washington Commanders pinned the Cowboys deep in their own territory. And then, and then Dallas kind of sputters again. Three plays for negative one yard. It's only taking a minute and 14 seconds. I'm like, you see? That's the problem right there. I mean, that's why you got to give Washington a lot of credit on defense because they, they, they played, you know, Washington's defense, you know, played great too. Not going to deny that. So there we have it. I and mean, Washington now is supposedly thinking like they would drive down the field, but, you know, in seven plays, they only got gained 14 yards and took three and a half minutes off the clock. So. That's, again, where Washington's offense sputtered. I mean, you know, after, you know, 11 yards of play, you know, on, on a, like that, you know, Washington gets another set of downs, and then, of course, you know, Dallas, you know, commits another penalty, giving them another fresh set of downs on the, at the Dallas 11. I mean, that's, the, that's actually the, that's the play that I spoke about earlier, how that terrible punt gave the Washington Commanders tremendous field possession, and the Washington Commanders failed to take advantage. I mean, this is where, on 4th and 15, where the, Washington Commanders went for it and, and then didn't get it. So, so that that basically supposedly sealed the deal. But, but Dallas again, you know, after Cooper Rush throws another pass, a gallop, and there's another penalty for pass interference, which enforces 27 yards. I mean, Dallas still could not take advantage of it, and the defense offense sputtered again. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> But luckily, again, the defense, you know, stepped up, you know, in, in only three plays, you know, you know, <laughs> this dude that, that stepped up for Jordan Lewis, who actually got pulled from the game after suffering a groin injury. I mean, Carson Wentz attempted a short pass that was intended for Curtis Samuel that was only intercepted, but Dallas, again, had to settle for a field goal. And I was thinking the fact that Dallas had tremendous field possession right there, they didn't take advantage of it either. So it's, it's interesting how Washington is granted the tremendous... Opportunity in their in tremendous field possession, they feel take advantage, and then the Cowboys like that. Although a different fashion, the Cowboys it was from an interception from the it was intercepting Carson Wentz. Okay, but the Cowboys won't take advantage of it. You see, like th th that's why, like really, I'm I'm basically torn whether it's on Kellen Moore for the play calling or for the offense just not you know just not running the plays correctly or whatever. But like I said, if it's that much of a conflict. You just simply say it like it is because this is the one thing that nobody's going to deny it. The offense sputtered. So so instead of making it 29, that could have been 29 to 10, it's 25 to 10, although it's two possessions, really. So maybe there's not enough time for Washington, but you never say never. It's not over till it's over. 
So Washington had, tries to, you know, try something, but on a fourth and two, a, a deep pass was incomplete to Terry McLaurin. Who else but Trayvon freaking Diggs? And that was game over. Game over. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, the fact that he had a tremendous interception, he forced two incompletions on fourth down attempts. That, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely incredible. But speaking of Trayvon Diggs, you want to talk about something incredible? Even now, I'm at the loss of words right there because... You know, Pro Football Focus, you know, brought, brought in something really interesting because, and here it is right there, because now I'm looking at it, I'm just like, this is the Trayvon Diggs that I knew had tremendous potential because I said he has potential in this game. He allowed one catch, forced two incompletions again on the fourth down, one interception, a 0-0 passer rating against him. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs has been absolutely incredible. And even though last year he had been burned many times, I felt that Trayvon Diggs is going to make is going to be better in the future. So far, so good. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs, how he intercepted that pass, I'm telling you, and how he's intercepted the passes this season. Same thing with last year. How he intercepts his passes, it's almost as if he is playing wide receiver. Because let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that at one point at the University of Alabama, Trayvon Diggs was a receiver until Nick Saban, you know. Transitioned into a cornerback. We all know that story that Trayvon Diggs was pretty sad about it. But, you know, if I were to speak to Trayvon Diggs, I'm like, well, you're so good at being a cornerback. You know, sometimes a, co- a coach will see that you have, a, you have potential in something that you don't know. So, Nick, so Coach Nick Saban saw that Trayvon Diggs had a talent that Trayvon Diggs himself did not really believe that he had. I mean, Trayvon Diggs knew he had talent, but I'm saying is, I guess in this particular case, Trayvon Diggs never truly anticipated himself playing the cornerback position because he was a wide receiver. And honestly, I didn't need to know the story about it to, to know that Trayvon Diggs was a wide receiver because I, I could tell based on how he intercepts his passes, how he goes deep like that, you can tell he was, a former, he was formerly a wide receiver. He still has that wide receiver in him, okay? So, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of players that are in positions right now, they play different positions in high school. So, you, you, you can see that. If you know the philosophy and the nature and the environment of the, of the sport of football, you can tell if a player formerly had a different position and they still have that talent in him. So, Trayvon Diggs, ladies and gentlemen, that dude is simply one of a kind. Absolutely one of a kind. And Trayvon Diggs, keep up the good work, buddy. Keep up the good work. I'm rooting for you, man. So let's go through the recap of the game. So a couple of interesting facts. Cooper Rush, 4-0 as a starting quarterback. He's the only quarterback in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to win his first four career starts, the 27th in the history of the NFL. Check this out. The Dallas Cowboys allowing 155 net passing yards. The Cowboys have now held each of their four opponents in 2022 under 200 net passing yards. Last time the Cowboys did that was in 1977. Hmm. You know, even this is interesting. The Cowboys, you know, retaining the Washington 10 points. The Cowboys have yet to allow 20 points this season. That's the first time since 1973. That's the sixth time in team history. Okay. And check this out. Only four touchdowns the Cowboys defense has given up through the first four games of the season. The previous two times they did that was in 1970 and 1972. 
So this defense, man, <laughs> so far you can't deny the fact that it is absolutely legit. Absolutely legit. And quite frankly, like I said, all I can say is they got to keep it up. So, uh, now before I kind of close it out, I mean, there's all that talk about a supposed quarterback dilemma, quarterback controversy within the Dallas Cowboys because Cooper Rush is doing a good job. Now there's all the talk about the return of Dak Prescott. Now, the first, the next two games for the Cowboys, it, it's going to be tough. The Cowboys are 3-1, and one, but... The fact that they could be three and three after two weeks is man that make that makes things extremely extremely tough man. I hate to say it like that, but you know they're playing the Los the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. and then playing the Eagles on the road, and the Eagles are four and zero for the first time since two thousand four. The Eagles apparently look to be pretty damn good, man. Look, it, it, it's it, it's tough, but I'll I'll certainly give a preview, but. The next two weeks are going to be tough, but then after that, you know, they're on the road for the next two games, and they're back back at home for two games, one against Detroit and one against Chicago, so, man. So the next two home games, I'm not too worried about, although Detroit Detroit is not as bad as people like to say they are. Detroit's actually a little bit better than, than they look, but now the season has gotten serious, and the Cowboys are going to have to up up the tempo. I mean, the offense, the running game is really going to have to pick it up big, big time against the Rams. The Cowboys are going to have a hard time playing Los Angeles, let me tell you. I mean, Los Angeles could be tough, but Philadelphia might be a big pain in the ass to deal with. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But for, as far as Dak Prescott goes, you know, th th this situation is annoying. That's something I don't want to think about. But even if Dak Prescott is clear to play and Dak Prescott's back under center, regardless of, regardless of the situation, nobody, and I do mean nobody, needs to forget about what Cooper Rush did. Cooper Rush's success, what he did for the team, that is going to be, have to be talked about too. If Dak Prescott manages to keep the Cowboys in perfect tempo with the offense and the, and the Cowboys keep winning, you know what? Cooper Rush will deserve just as much credit as Dak Prescott, okay? And there's no arguing about that. Cooper Rush made an impact. He deserves credit. He deserves respect because he has earned them, and there is no argument in that. Ladies and gentlemen... Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands, including the NFL, the NBA, MLB, the NHL, and so much more. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just use the link in the description. You can start buying your favorite merch, and you can take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is now part of the, of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch, you can find the link in the episode. You can start getting your pro wrestling merch. And again, take advantage of the best deals in the world with Fanatics. And Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Stream live sports and your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now. You can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to subscribe at Paramount+, Plus, find the link in the episode description. You can set up your account in less than two minutes, and you can immediately start binge-watching your favorite shows and, again, stream live sports. And Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time.